welcome to the Encourage Project. I'm Amy Fairchild, and I am so excited to share with everyone today about a really cool business opportunity that a lot of people don't necessarily think about when they think about starting their own business. And before we jump into that, I want to remind you that we have a new website, theencourageproject.com, and you should go check that out. There's all kinds of cool stuff out there that you may not be aware of. For example, there's opportunities to work with me directly. And if you're considering starting a business, let's talk and let's talk more about that and see where you want to go and what you want to do with it. And if this is your first time listening to the Encourage Project podcast, welcome. At the end of today's episode, I'd love for you to leave a review. Leave a five-star review. Stars are always good. You can leave a five. I'd be happy with that. Leave some notes. Let us know what you think and let us know what you want to hear more about. Finally, share the podcast with others. You know, we grow our community by sharing and encouraging others to join us on this journey. So let's dive into today's guest. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine. And she is a network marketing expert. I am a huge fan of network marketing as a way to start a business. And a lot of people who don't really know what kind of business they want to start, network marketing is a great way to get exposed to building a business with a whole lot of support. Like I said, today's guest, my friend Mary Wright, is an expert in network marketing. She worked her way up and earned the very top level of the company she represents. She's located in Denver, Colorado, and she has two of the cutest little fur daughters, Tulip and Gertie, and yes, I will post pictures of them, and she's such a dynamic person. She enjoys learning and leadership and entrepreneurship and all kinds of things, and today I want you to hear from her about network marketing in terms of it being an opportunity that you might not have considered previously. So without further ado, I want to welcome my friend, Mary Wright. Welcome! Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. What an honor, Amy. And I just have to say really quick, um, all of your podcasts have been great so far. It's just an amazing, amazing job with what you're doing. So thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for being here. I always wish people could see the guests that I have because you look so beautiful in this sapphire blue today. I may have to start just taking pictures so so folks can see guests. (laughs) It's my best hoodie. It's a sweatshirt, but it is bright blue, but you know, it, it's, it's, I'm still not quite dressing up that much, but it is, it is my best hoodie for you. <laughs> so let's, let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about how did you even get started in network marketing? What even made you think about pursuing a business in that type of business? You know, it's so interesting too. It'll be 15 years this month, Holy 15. God. And I'm like, that's a long time to do anything. Yeah, it is. And so 15 years ago, um, you know, I was working, I have a background in accounting. So I'm actually a CPA by trade. I went to college uh, here locally in Denver. And I honestly, I was, was intrigued by uh, like marketing and, and some more of the fun um, degrees. But I realized pretty quickly that accounting would be a really great way for me to get started in the business world. And a mentor of mine said, you know, if you can speak accounting, you can speak the language of business. And so I thought, okay. And I had the aptitude for it. My balance sheet balanced. And so I decided, sure, I'll I'll go this route. And I got a great job out of college with a big firm. And I was kind of doing what I think a lot of people in my generation do, which is to check the boxes, you know, okay, I got the degree, I got a master's, got my CPA, checking, checking, checking the boxes. Um, But I, and I liked what I did for quite a while. I was an auditor, um, which sounds super boring, but you actually get 
It's very glamorous. You get to go into companies and, um, and learn. And I had some really interesting experiences. I audited a, a sugar factory and I was up in oh, a wow. lift, like going up this, you know, this sugar tower and just some kind of cool things that you don't normally get to do at, you know, 23, 24, 25 years old. And I was so lucky to audit some of uh, some really cool resorts and real estate and things like that. But I remember, you know, seeing what people were doing ahead of me, you know, putting myself five years down the road of the, a manager level or even a partner level. And I remember just thinking, gosh, I don't, I don't know if that's really for me forever. I liked what I did, but I wasn't passionate about it. And I didn't necessarily feel like I was living my, my best, fullest self or helping people in a way that maybe I knew that I could. And so it's kind of funny when you, you start thinking of those things and, and what comes your way when you're open. So I would say when this was presented to me, I was 28 years old and I was open to it. And back then, this was before social media. You know, you didn't have, you didn't see everybody's businesses and everybody's side hustles and side gigs being posted. And so um, it was a little bit scarier for that very reason. So a friend of mine introduced me to my company. And like I said, if I'm honest, I, my initial response was kind of the eye roll. You know, I had a, I had a real career. I had letters after my name and I had an ego to go with it. Right. Sure. Um, and, you know, I kind of just thought, oh, that, that's really cute for, for suburban soccer moms, <laughs> which I'm not. I love the products that I, that I used. And I, I just remember thinking, you know, we always share and talk about things that we love. And I think now we see that more as influencers. Uh, we see on Instagram and so forth. And so I thought, you know, yes. this, this is just sharing what I love and it doesn't have to be salesy or pushy or weird. And, uh, and so I jumped in and, you know, I was very coachable. I, I followed the system that we had and I worked it alongside my full-time career. And, you know, I was working 60 to 70 hours a week during busy season with accounting oh, yeah. and fit this in, you know, alongside that for many, many years. And um, I was really grateful that I had it because there was a point when I, I lost a job. And for anyone that's gone through that, um, that was the first time I remember I was walking in downtown Denver and I had been let go oh, and wow. I didn't know if I should be happy or sad. And it was this mixed emotions. I called my network marketing uh, mentor and she mm -hmm. said, congratulations. I thought, well, that's an interesting take on it. And she knew that my business was doing so well that it wasn't going to impact me, you know, financially to lose this job. So it just says a lot of, of the possibilities and potential that's out there. And certainly I was grateful in that moment and many moments um, that I had built this, uh, you know, alongside my, my full-time career. So that's really kind of how it got started. It's scary. It's not the normal path, but I think nowadays uh, we have a lot more people with that entrepreneurial spirit. And, and I think some of the younger generations have, a better idea of, or a better concept of having multiple earnings streams for themselves. Um, and so I think it's changed quite a bit over 15 years. Yeah. I think one of the things that has always drawn me to network marketing is the low cost of entry, at least the network marketing companies with which I am familiar. When you think about you know, starting a, a, a McDonald's franchise or a Burger King franchise or a Bed Bath & Beyond franchise or something, you're talking about investing hundreds of thousands of dollars. And most people don't necessarily have access to that kind of financial support to start a business. And I've always loved that network marketing is relatively low. I mean, I know the, the three or four that I'm super familiar with, it's less than $1,000 to actually start a business and get enough things going that you feel confident in with the right tools and enablement to move forward. 
talk a little bit about kind of how that is, but what else is a benefit of, of leveraging a network marketing company to start a business other than the low cost of entry? And I, I admit the low cost, the low risk in my eyes as the auditor that I was, you know, that oh, I don't have much to lose here. And I loved the product. And, um, and yeah, you know, I think you, you want to get, you know, started in a way that makes sense for you, but you're right. Most businesses, and I even have, you know, friends that are, are um, business coaches and life coaches and, and, you know, spending a lot more on a website than I did to even start a business, right? So yeah. you're right, the low cost to entry. And I think what that does also is it, it levels the playing field a little bit mm-hmm. because a lot of people can do it and can jump in. You know, we, we have on our team, you know, we have 18, you have to be 18. We have 18 year olds and then we have, you know, women in their, their late sixties that are looking to supplement their retirement and everything in between. And so I like that it, it, it can be a fit for everyone truly. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have a certain background. I think that was the other thing that really got me excited about it is it would be hard for me to teach someone to be a CPA, um, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're reluctant with numbers and, and spreadsheets, right? But I could really teach anybody uh, truly, you know, who wanted to do it and who's willing to work, I could teach mm-hmm. them how to do this. So that was another thing that I, that I really liked. And nowadays, especially too, when people are just looking for other ways, other income streams, ways to work from home, these are things people have had to do over the last year. And I think we're going to see the industry continue to grow and evolve and change and I'm actually pretty excited about the future of it. Oh yeah. I mean, I will, I will tell you, even in, in the time that I've even been aware of network marketing, I see more and more people that I know taking on a network marketing business opportunity as either supplemental income or as a way to save up for a very specific life event, or some people that I know like yourself are actually replacing full-time corporate, full-time job type incomes over a period of time with network marketing. I think one of the things that struck me very, very staunchly when I got involved network marketing myself years ago was the support that was available. Talk a little bit about what is it besides, you know, teaching someone about how to share a product with others or a service with others, what other support is available? Generally speaking, I know that every network marketing company is different, but generally speaking, they all kind of have a very similar model. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that's another that's another piece that I, I really liked. I, I remember thinking, gosh, you know, I'm in business for myself, but not by myself, right? So I, I had the support of an upline. And I think the the amount of training and the amount of support, um, you know, and even encouraging people to do personal growth and development. Um, I've mm-hmm. even said to people, you know, your business won't outgrow you, which means you've got to grow as a person, as a leader and evolve um, to actually see the business grow as well. And so I think that the training piece is phenomenal. Um, you know, looking back, even if, if you took everything away, you know, and, and I think this is, you know, a little cliche to say, but, you know, I, I'm a much better person, right? I'm a much different person. And I've been able to deal with obstacles and things and have that tenacity that maybe I didn't have, you know, 15 years, that I know I didn't have 15 years ago, Right. So I think that, I think the leadership training, the leadership growth, the support, the mentorship, and a sense of community that's very unique, um, that is one where it doesn't matter if I benefit from helping you, I'm still going to be kind and be helpful. And I think that in in a community, you know, stand on that, it's nice to have that. I don't think we have a lot of communities like that. Um, And we do have men and women, but even, you know, and I'm going to say like most groups of women 
you know, you don't always see that kind of that kind of structure. And so I think that innately in this kind of business, people are 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 growing themselves. They're reading, they're they're evolving, they're learning, and they're building their confidence, right? And they're feeling empowered. And for me, that's actually my favorite thing is to see someone, there's like a, you know, a light that goes on and all of a sudden they get it and they have this confidence and this empowerment where they can help others and they can kind of shine their light outward. And so to me, that's a, that's a really big part of it as well. And I think that's grouped into what I would say, the mentoring and the training, which is very unique, I think, to the industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I agree with you. I, I, not that I think I agree with you. I think, comma, and I agree with you. <laughs> Grammatical. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Even when I speak, I have a comma. <laughs> One of the things that has always really struck me about network marketing in particular is that it really can be woven around whatever a person is doing. You know, I've met all kinds of people in network marketing. I've met professional athletes and I've met corporate people and I've met uh, stay-at-home parents and I've met all kinds of different people who find ways to kind of weave a network marketing business around what they're already doing, as opposed to taking on a traditional second job where you have to be there at a certain time and you have to do a certain amount of production and, and et cetera, et cetera. Talk a little bit about what other kind of unique things there are in working a network marketing business in addition to flexibility of a schedule. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, you, you hit on something that I think is one of the most important things, right? Is figuring out when to fit it in. I think a lot of the sort of excuses people have for not doing it is I don't have time, but the, the truth is you can fit it in. And I think with technology, you know, we have a lot more tools yes. now than we used to back in the old days <laughs> where you can, I'm like, you can really fit it in. There's ways to do this. Right. And it's not, it's never a full-time thing, you know, even uh, to where I am with having a huge team across the world, it's still not a full-time 14 hour work week for me. So I love that. I love that you can build it into, we always say you can build it into the nooks and the crannies of your day. Um, but I think you you still have to have that desire to do that, right? And um, we teach you, we even give you tips on how to do that, which is kind of cool, how to time manage and um, how to fit it in with kids and, and craziness. And, you know, some of the most busy people on my team are also the most productive people on my team. Sometimes I think the two go, go hand in hand. So I think you have to have that desire to do it, right? But there's so many ways to work it in and around a full-time life and a full-time schedule. And um, I think most people start that way. I don't really know of anyone that I can think of that, you know, just says, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to go for it. They usually have something else that they're doing alongside it. And then, you know, with hard work over time, some of those choices might kick in for them. And so I I like that people can do that. I feel like it's a way to hedge, hedge yourself against the future a little bit when you just don't know. And in my case, I didn't know when I was going to lose my job, certainly wasn't planning on it. But, you know, kind of hedging your future a little bit by, by putting in a few hours a week right now. And so for me as a business person, I think it's smart. And as an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial endeavor, um, like you said, there's just a low cost to entry and, um, and there's training and you, get, you basically get, you know, a home office and all the structure of a, of a real company and a mentor or two or three that are, are going to help you do it. And so it's really then up to you at that point, right? So I like that, you know, people say, well, can you guarantee that I can do X, Y, and Z? And I said, well, I can't guarantee that, but you know what? You can. And for, for type A people or control freak people like myself, that's, that's like, oh, cool. I can control this, you know, and we can't always control what people say and do when people think about it. 
Um, you know, I think there's still people out there that that don't think it's a valuable or viable business option. I'll admit, you know, what 15 years ago was a little bit different. And I had people, I literally had a friend, a good friend. She's not really a good friend anymore, but <laughs> she laughed literally in my face, Amy. She was in no. my face when I told her about this. And so I think there's a little bit of that social esteem you know, thing you have to go through and push through. But once you do, mm-hmm. you know, and people realize like she's serious about this, you know, I mean, then people, you know, they don't really laugh anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So That's I think so there's true. a process there. And I think with social media and just the industry gaining um, more esteem from, from the business world and people like doctors and lawyers and, and professionals coming into this space, I think it's, it's sort of elevated the value of the industry and, and, and it's, it's a professional industry, you know, and, and the, but also you don't have to be a professional. Everyone can do it. So it's kind of a, in my opinion, the, the coolest part about it is it's the best of both worlds in that way. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I, I love that anyone can start a network marketing business. And I also love that there's so many different types of opportunities in network marketing. There are product-based opportunities. There are service-based opportunities. There are, in the product realm, it's, it's everything from cleaning products to vitamins to shoes. I mean, it's, it's anything. Right. And when you think about it, really, it's kind of mind-blowing to me that all we've done with network marketing as a society is we've formalized something that people have done since the beginning of time. I tell people about the things I like. And I want them to use the things that I like because I think they'll enjoy them. That is all network marketing is. And it just astounds me that people go, well, I don't understand it. I'm like, did you tell people you went to that restaurant last week and that you loved it? You just did network marketing. Exactly. People do it every day, all day. Yes. And and, and then we have this whole realm of influencers, which is still a little bit new to me. (laughs) But, you know, online, people suggesting or sharing or marketing what they love and people going, hey, that because that person says they like it and I trust that person. Now I'm going to buy it. So it is the, the, I guess, the best form of advertisement always has been. It's just sometimes I think there, you know, it's been given a little bit of a bad name and and I I do see that changing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's funny, 15 years ago, I would talk about it and in a room, you know, of five people, there'd be three with their arms crossed, you know, and two, two that were open and friendly. And now it's kind of the opposite, if not everybody's kind of open and friendly to it. So it's been mm-hmm. cool to see it evolve and change in that way. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I think too, just the way that businesses are changing the, the production um, channel, right, you know, something's yes. made, and then, you know, it, there's all these stops in the middle, a lot of costs, including advertising, and then it gets to the consumer. And in this model, you're cutting all that out. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the way business is going anyway. But the big piece that you're cutting out is the advertising and the retailing. You know, we're not paying someone to have a kiosk somewhere. And instead, you get a better product, you get a better price on the product, better value. Mm-hmm. And then you also, they pay the people in the middle for sharing. So we get paid to you know, share what we love. And I think when you really do love whatever you're representing, whether it's a service or a product, it doesn't feel, at least in my world, I've never felt salesy or pushy. I was the kid, Amy, that when in third grade, when they bring out the fundraiser and you have to sell wrapping paper, I was a really shy kid. I would literally want to cry. Like, I think I almost start crying. I was that girl in the class, like, no, I don't want to sell cookies or candy or wrapping paper. And I would take it to my dad. Hey, can you take this to work? Because I want to the prize, but I didn't want to do the work, right? Like the word selling and all, I just hated it. I was an accountant for a reason, right? And so to me, it's just, it, it's so much more than that, right? And I think you, you said it perfectly with 
people do it every day. We share things every day. And I do that too. If I want a good restaurant, I'm going to ask people that live in the area, you know, where to go to eat. I'm not going to necessarily, you know, watch a commercial or, or even look online. I think I would ask friends first. So you bring up a really good point there. The other thing too, that, that strikes me that no one, I won't say no one, very few people are just frank about is that the network marketing industry, which in the United States is overseen by the direct selling associations. So for listeners outside the United States, I recognize it might be a little different, but in the United States, the industry of direct selling is just like sales industry organizations and those kinds of things. And just like every other industry, clothing, cars, food, whatever, there are really great businesses. And there are some that maybe are a little less savory. And I hesitate to have people talk about network marketing because a lot of times when people talk about network marketing, they may have had a bad experience. It's just like when you go to a restaurant, research has shown if you have a bad experience in a restaurant, you will tell 10 people. And if you have a good experience in a restaurant, you will tell two. So it's no different if a person has had a bad network marketing experience, they're likely to just tell more people. It doesn't mean there are necessarily more bad network marketing companies. So talk a little bit about what are some of the things either in the direct selling organization or what are some of the other types of oversight and organizations that really have elevated network marketing in the last, I don't know, let's say 15 years, as long as you've been in it, what are the kinds of things that those companies are really aligning with to boost their ethics and credibility and those kinds of things? Yeah, I think it is a, is, is a big thing, right? It's a big issue. And so I think, um, and I can't speak for the Direct Selling Association, even the Federal Trade Commission, they're, they're involved to an extent to make sure that it's it's an ethical business practice, right? It's it's product driven or service driven. There is some, there's value there, right? And so, and I, I obviously can't speak for all of that, but I think as an industry, that's really helped us to grow. And it's also honestly been helpful to have uh, professionals, you know, people with credibility, um, you know, join our respective companies to kind of help that messaging. And I think a lot of, I've, I've heard, and I don't know for sure which ones, but I've even heard that there are colleges that are actually teaching social marketing or social selling. They call it social selling, network marketing, kind of all the same thing in, in my eyes. But, um, you know, as, as a, a viable way to do business and just for, from the points we've just, you know, shared. So I think there's that. And then I know on a personal level, and I can speak with, to myself and my team and what I teach is to make sure that it is a valuable experience. And if it isn't, you know, I try to make it right. You know, it's really important to me for my own reputation and the reputation of my company. And you're right. There's always going to be some bad apples out there, or some some companies that maybe um, aren't, you know, working with integrity in the same kinds of way or ethic, ethical or whatever. But they're few and far between, and they don't really last. So you know, I think you got to look at how long has the company been around? What's their reputation like? Like you said, if one person has a bad experience or something, you know, if, if I love Mexican food and someone says, well, I had this bad experience at this Mexican restaurant. I'm not going to write off Mexican food. I still love Mexican food. I might avoid that one restaurant. So it's a similar concept here. Um, but I know like on my team too, we, we teach people, you know, we want to have a really good customer service experience. I know myself and, and my leaders on my team, we go out of our way just to make sure. And we, um, we're fortunate to be backed by a company who has, you know, an incredible policies around that kind of thing, incredible policies around product quality, you know, procedurally distribution and anything else customer service wise is pretty cool. So I would say probably that's true for most of the, 
the good companies out there, they're going to have an incredible customer service backing them. And then as the sales representatives or the consultants or the representatives, whatever brand, whatever your, your title is, you know that you have that company supporting you. It's a little bit easier that way too. Oh yeah. I think that's really phenomenal. I think the other thing too, that is, and you had mentioned it a little bit earlier is around the personal growth and development that comes along with so many of these companies. Give us a couple of examples or talk a little bit about what do you mean by personal growth and development as part of building a network marketing business? I'll admit to when I first learned about this, um, I was reluctant. I thought, I don't need to grow personally. I was, they were giving me books to read. And I remember thinking, I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't used to like to read. I had to read a lot in college. You know, I was like, I'd rather just watch a movie, but thanks anyway. Um, it shows you how much I did need to learn. And so I think, you know, in this space, when you're in, really, I would say for any entrepreneurial endeavor, anything that you're doing in that, in that realm of a business, there's going to be things from your past that come up, things from your childhood, even you're going to hear the word. No, you're going to have some obstacles. You're going to have some frustrations. You're going to go through uh, a lot of those experiences. And to be honest, sometimes when people go through that, and in our case, you know, you might have friends and family that try to, we call them dream stealers. They try to take your dreams away and you, and you let them and you say, okay, you're right. Like this was silly. I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore. So a lot of people back down or quit from that. And so there is a level and I'm very big on tenacity. In fact, if I could trademark that word, I think I would. But you have to have the tenacity and how you get the tenacity for most people is to do the personal growth. So by that, what I mean is books, reading books. And you've mentioned so many on your podcast. You guys, you could go back through all of um, Amy's podcasts and come up with an incredible list for Amazon to order for yourself. But books, podcasts, your podcast is phenomenal for this. This is a perfect, perfect a podcast for people wanting to grow as entrepreneurs and wanting to learn and hear stories. You can hear stories and learn from other people's experiences and you can hear, you know, specific content around leadership, around entrepreneurship, around psychology, sociology, all of it. So personal growth is really about you, be, you growing into that person that can handle the rejection, that can handle the ups and downs of the business. You know, I think for a lot of people, this kind of business, and I, again, I would assume it translates also over to entrepreneurship in general, is, and you could probably agree with the ups and downs. It's like a roller oh, yeah. coaster. Woo, there's so much cool. Go- Wait, that didn't go right. Up, down, up, down. And for the first year or two of my business, I was like, I was a hot mess all over the place, right? My mentor would say, you know, you got to step off the emotional roller coaster, Mary. And I'm very <laughs> sensitive. You know, so you add the sensitivity with all the, and so it really helped me to read, to read the books, to hear what other people had done, to listen to the podcast, people who have, have done scary things, people who have done things out of the ordinary, people who, there's even books on, on network marketing that you can go read. And so, and I'm happy to make recommendations on that, but I think all of those things help you grow as a person and you learn from it. And then when these things happen and you're out there and you're, you're feeling courageous and you're, you're reaching out to people and you're growing your business, you're, you're more equipped to handle all of the ups and downs that might come with it. You know, I'm big also, and I know you are too, on energy and um, what you put out and what comes back. And so there's books around, you know, law of attraction and there's podcasts and you can dig into specific things. I know you've talked about human design with the Day Luna girls. I love them too. And that was a big thing for me was learning about my human design. So there's a lot of self-discovery that goes with it. And I think when you're doing that, it's exciting and it can be kind of scary to learn more about yourself at the same time. 
But all of that, in my opinion, helps prep you to be a better business person, a better person in general, and a, a much better business person and a better leader too. So I would say it all kind of kind of goes together. I love that. And what I love most about how you describe it is it is very common across other network marketing companies. And that is the view of personal growth. So when you look at corporate America, you know, you and I both come from corporate America. In corporate America, people talk about growth and development, but they talk about it oftentimes in a punitive sense. Oh, you didn't perform here, so you need this kind of education. Oh, you failed this, so we're going to get you this mentor. And what I love about network marketing is it starts from a place of you are great already, and we're going to teach you how to use the things that you are already good at and add additional things to your toolkit. And what, it, what I have found in observing is that that type of environment breeds confidence and it breeds collaboration and it really helps propel people forward in getting over fear. Because a lot of times in the corporate world, at least for me, and maybe you had a similar experience, in the corporate world, I would be afraid to let someone know that I didn't know something or that I wasn't familiar with something because I didn't want people to make fun of me or to say that I was stupid or any of that stuff. And what I found is in being around network marketing people, when someone says, hey, I don't know how to do that, there's about 15 people who jump in and go, <laughs> I'll help you. Here's a book or here's a podcast or here, let me help you. And I don't know of any other experience for a business person that is that supportive. There may be companies, obviously, in corporate America or global corporate organizations that are different and follow that. But generally speaking, in a corporate type of environment, that kind of support and guidance and encouragement is pretty rare. And I find that just extraordinary. I think with that, like this, to your point, the space to be vulnerable, yes. which in, in the corporate world, at least from where I come from too, like you're not really supposed to be vulnerable. You're supposed no. to be smart and you're supposed to do hard work and you got to improve and you got to, you know, check the boxes. And here it's like, wow, I really need to learn that. Like, can someone help me? And you're right. The, the outpouring of support, the community part of it, we're all kind of lifting everybody up is just amazing. And I think I'm seeing in my just peripheral view that more corporations are starting to do things like that. And my hope is that, gosh, if everybody sort of had that, that attitude and helpfulness amongst their communities and cultures and different, you know, workplace environments that we would see just a happier workplace. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Totally. Some of that comes from too having good, having learned really good personal traditions or personal habits you have a tradition or a habit that you practice daily. Talk a little bit about that because I, I ask everyone that because I want to know what are the things that you practice on a daily basis that, that help you maintain focus and momentum in your business and in life and also give you peace and comfort and center and opportunities to grow. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. And I, I have to be totally honest. I am not the person that says, wake up at 5 a.m. and make your bed and do 20 million things. I think that works for some people. So I will preface this by saying, as an individual, figure out something like, and I think that's what you're getting at. Figure out your own personal thing that's going to work for you every day, because it, what works for me is not going to work for someone else. I'm not a 5 a.m. kind of a gal. <laughs> But I do every day in the morning, um, usually, because to me in the morning, it does kind of set up your day. I try to do a couple of things. And the one thing that I can say I'm absolutely, uh, I do every day that I haven't skipped in quite a while is a, a gratitude journal. And, you know, I think this gets thrown around a lot too, like, oh, write in your gratitude journal, be grateful. It's extremely powerful. 
And any book that you list, that you read, any podcast that you listen to, any successful person that you uh, read about, this you're going to hear the word gratitude. You're going to hear grateful, and that is the one thing. I, I do a journal where um, you write out five things you're grateful for, and then ten things that you are becoming, and you write it as you know, I am, or I am like a great dog mom. I am a, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, or I completed a marathon or whatever it is. So some of the human projects that go in there that you've completed or want to do. So you're focused on that, but you're, you're starting it with gratitude. So that journal to me, it's very simple and I enjoy doing it. I actually look forward to writing in it every day. So that's why I do it every day. So that one is the one that I would say that is absolutely every day for me. Most days, Um, I also do some sort of a meditation. Like I said, I'm very sensitive. And so I kind of have to quiet my mind a little bit and, um, and take some time to rest. And I know some people listening are like, I have no time to do any of that. And I get it. But I think when I started to make time for that, and and I learned a little bit more about that with human design um, in my human design, but just really allowing myself to take, you know, you can do, if you, you guys know, you could go on any of these apps and do a five minute meditation just to kind of center yourself. And so I'm finding myself doing that more and more often, but the, the daily must do every day that I love doing that I always do is that journal. Is that a specific kind of journal? Is that? It is. It is a, um, let me get it because I want to make sure it's, it's a Rachel Hollis start today by Rachel Hollis journal, start today journal. There is a website. And what I like about it, you guys, there's so many out there. I just like the simplicity of it. In my mind, it's like, those are the things. Here's what I'm grateful for. And then here's what I'm working to become. And, and it's, you write it present tense as if it's happened. So to me, those two concepts, just out of everything I've learned, you know, it's like simple, let's keep it simple. And so that's something that I think most people can follow through on. And um, yeah, she has, a, she has some great, the great journals, the uh, Start Today Journal. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes for folks if they yeah. want to check that out further. I love that you focus on gratitude. Every single person I have spoken with on the podcast in talking about their morning routine, they're all slightly different to your point, which I love that you said that too, because it truly is what works for you. Exactly. And it's what works, right? So I am a super early person. I like that quiet. No one is awake. No one can bother me. I get a little bit of time. So I am the super early person (laughs) and Mary, like she said, is not, (laughs) and that's totally fine. (laughs) But I love that it is, that it can be so individualized. And like I said, every single person has mentioned gratitude. And I will tell you from my experience, being conscious of gratitude has opened up so much more opportunity for me. It's opened up much more peace. It's opened up more creativity and it's just been an astounding thing. And mine's just, just a book. I just write some stuff down, you know, and, and I do something similar. I do five things at least every day that I'm grateful for. And sometimes, you know, there are days where I'm like, hmm, I'm grateful for coat hangers, <laughs> whatever it is, because I can't necessarily find something that day that's in my brain. Talk a little bit about the attribute that kind of, I believe, accompanies gratitude in in many projects, in many human projects, and that is celebration. I believe when we come from a place of gratitude, it is much easier to find things to celebrate. So talk about celebration in your business and talk about celebration kind of in general, how it fits into your life. I love that. I, I love celebration. I am a big proponent of just little things, even, you know, getting through your to-do list. Mm-hmm. Um, and this might sound silly, but I reward myself 
with like TV. (laughs) Like I want to go watch a show. I love movies, by the way. So I want to go watch a movie. And I'm not saying that you have to do something and reward yourself with it. You could go watch a movie if you feel like it. But for me, you know, getting my, my tasks done, getting my, my scary things done, my reach outs, my whatever it is, I might reward myself with um, a movie or um, in a bigger scale, if I hit bigger goals or bigger things, I might reward myself with a spa day or some self, some fun self-care and things like that. I also think it's important to celebrate the little things. And I'll, I'll admit, I didn't always used to do that because I was like, you know, I'm focused and we got to hit these big goals. And with my team, um, you know, just focusing on little things. It can be like, gosh, I'm really proud of this person for making that, that scary call today. Or this person just, you know, booked something or sold something and I'm so proud of her. So I've learned over the years that, you know, people get lit up when they're acknowledged. And so I think celebration and acknowledgement go together. And I think we need to celebrate ourselves. You know, it's so funny. I, um, it's my fifth, like I said, my 15th anniversary with my company. And normally I would do like a party, like a real party and have people over and not quite ready for that where I live. And so I doing a zoom one and I, you'll have to hop on Amy, but I, I told a friend of mine, I'm like, it's kind of weird that I'm, she's like, no, she's like, you celebrate girl. It's 15 years. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we'll all like have a little toast of champagne. And so it can be little things. I'm like, do I really have to do that? No, but I, it's fun. And it, it's a big deal. And so celebrating the big deals and celebrating the small deals. And even if someone else isn't celebrating you or doesn't notice, it's completely cool to celebrate yourself. And I even do things like getting a manicure or going on a walk or taking a, you know, a picnic or taking a break to do something fun. It doesn't have to cost anything either, but I love the celebrations. And, and I think it gives you something to look forward to also to celebrate what you've done. And I think even, even not quitting, being tenacious and persevering through something tough. I think all of those things are worth celebrating. Oh, I love that so much. It's almost as if I gave you a script. I just, I just love it so much that thank you. Thank you. So we've talked about all of the, I think the, the major attributes of a network marketing business. We've talked about the structure of a network marketing business and, and what's the cost of entry. We've talked a little bit about personal growth and kind of the support model that's involved in many of those businesses. And we've talked a little bit about celebration. If someone were considering looking further into a network marketing business of any kind, what are maybe the top two or three things they should ask or they should consider as they start to look at potentially becoming a network marketer? Yeah, probably the top thing. One of the top things is do a research on the company. You know, how long has it been around? Is it legit? Who owns it? What is it? And then what's the product or service? Mm -hmm. Can you get excited about it? You know, and I think certain things I know for me, I'm more, more excitable or more exciting than others. Right. So making sure that it's something that you see the value in um, and you don't have to be super excited about it, but you have to find the value so that when you're sharing it, you light up a little bit. Yes. If you're talking about it and you see dollar signs, but you're not lit up by the actual thing, I'd probably rethink that a little bit and try to find something that's more aligned with, with your values. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would look for that. I would look for, um, and I think longevity of a company is a big thing. I've seen, I've seen companies come and go quite a bit in the space. And so, you know, that, and then, um, you know, looking at who would you be working with? Um, you certainly don't need, need an upline to build a business. You really need to build a team, but I think the support, and for me, that was really big is, is what, what support we talked about that a lot, what kind of coaching, what kind of mentoring is there and ask a lot of questions around that. You got to go with your gut too. I'm a big, uh, my human design, I'm a splenic 
person, which means I, I make decisions really quick. And if I miss that window, then it's, it's like I missed it. So I have to pay really close attention. So I'm going to say, trust your gut, trust uh, yourself to make those decisions and, and what you see for yourself. But, you know, do, do some digging around and some research. And I think the main thing is, does it light you up a little bit? And it doesn't have to be the thing that lights you up, but the thing could get you to what really lights you up. And you said this, sometimes this is a stepping stone for people for, for bigger things in their life or things, you know, like we have girls in college or um, guys in college that, you know, they're just making some extra money and they have, they have different career aspirations, but they're building this alongside it. We have people in the entertainment industry doing the same thing. They're kind of waiting for their big break, but while they're doing it. And then we have people like myself who was like, I'm all in. I want this to be the thing. But now I'm at a place where I'm actually looking at different projects, um, human projects, and I, I might need to hire you to help me because I have this sort of open mind of other things that, that I could do and that I, uh, an interest of mine that I want to pursue in terms of entrepreneurship. So I think any, any and all of that, but I think you want to, you know, you want to, you want to be discerning and trust your gut. Uh, but I think the big thing for me, I knew it couldn't do something that I didn't feel good about what the product or service was. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have lasted very long because I'm just right. one of those people that I had to, you know, feel that be, it had to feel like the right thing for sure. So I think that's probably the most important. Awesome. Well, I so appreciate your time today. It has just been so fun seeing you and talking with you. If um, people want to learn more about you and what you do, or they want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Yeah. So probably the best way you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Mary Wright. And I live in Denver, right with a W or probably Instagram. And if you see bulldogs on the, cause there's a lot of Mary Wrights out there. It's at Mary Wright, Denver, Mary Wright, Denver. And you'll know it's me because they'll be purple and there'll be two little fur babies that are like my daughters that are dressed in outfits. And yes, I'm that person. So that's, that's probably, Amy, the best way is either Instagram or LinkedIn. But thank you for having me. This is an absolute joy. It's so fun. I feel like we could talk for another hour here. It's absolutely my pleasure. And I love what you're doing. So if you guys are listening to, the, to this for the first time, you know, take some time to explore her website and contact her if you're wanting that consulting. You know, I, I, I'm actually thinking of doing it myself. Is okay, to help me with these other projects that I'm thinking about and help me move forward. So I love what you're doing. I'm so proud of you and I just adore you. And I'm just absolutely grateful to be your friend. So thank, oh, you. thank you so much. It's been such a joy having you here. Thank you. And I will put Mary's Instagram and LinkedIn stuff on the show notes. So if you need to go back and find those, they will be in there. So as you wrap up today's episode and you get ready to hit stop, what action can you take today? I would encourage you to take an action to take a look down the road five years. What will your life look like in five years if you keep doing what you're doing? Are you interested in starting a business? Are you interested in writing a book? Are you interested in starting a podcast? What is the human project that keeps running around in your head that you might be able to take an action forward? And five years down the road, if you haven't done it, you'll look back and say, well, gosh, I wish I would have. Take a few minutes to look down the road. And then as you move into reflection today, the ahas, the oh no's, and the yippies, what did you learn today? Mary had some amazing insights to share with us that apply not only to network marketing, but also apply to considering taking on other types of businesses. Take a look and see what you can dig through there. And what are the oh no's? What questions do you have? Reach out to me. You know, that's kind of what I do for a living. I help people run human projects. <laughs> Send me your questions and let me help you with that. And then what can you celebrate 
There is something to celebrate every single day if you're willing to take a look. Join the conversation. If you're considering starting a business, whether it's network marketing or another type of business, jump in and let's get a conversation going. Like Mary said, you can come to the website. It's brand new. I like having people come. You can click on say hello and send me a note. You can find the Encourage Project on Facebook, on Instagram, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And you can also send an email directly to hello at theencourageproject.com. So that's it for this edition, friends. Thank you again, Mary Wright. Be safe. Be well and take care.